Hello and welcome to episode one of the Yeah You Drive podcast with this week's guests Alejandro Valfairway, T Shot Van Garderen, Edvald Bogiehagen, and Alberti Contador. <laughs> Good evening, gents, and welcome to, I guess, episode one of Yeah, You Drive. Well, no, let's get oh. on with the real show. Oh, <laughs> damn, I got that really a, excited. That was a joke. Uh, I, had, I had topics like, is Frisbee golf the new mountain biking? It would be, is yes. Is putt-putt the new fixed gear racing? Mm. Is cyclocross the new uh, running golf thing? No, no, no. Put, put, <laughs> you know, putt-putt would be the speed new... Speed golf. Putt-putt would be the oh. new bike polo. Okay. What? Yeah, what would speed golf be? Speed golf would be would, with in the bike terms. What would speed golf be? That that uh, that game they play with the bike and the ball and the nets. Oh no, that's yeah. What the hell is that? Oh. It's, it's, it's all German. Germans do cycle all that ball. stuff. It's called cycle ball, <laughs> bike ball. Yeah, you know it's funny because <laughs> ball other, bike. We were talking the other day about why there's so many tremendous. Belgian cyclists mm. and Belgium and Germany are right there. I mean, they share a border very close, but they're very few relatively speaking. Well, there's a few really good German cyclists, right? But given the per capita, let's say per capita, oh, Belgian yes. cyclists versus German cyclists no. per capita. But guess what? There are lots of really good German cyclists. They're just all doing acrobatic cycling and cycle ball. If yes. you watch the cycle, if watch any sort of greatest hits of cycle ball, which yeah. I've gotten into an internet loop where I've done that, it's all Germans. Yeah. We've all been there. It's all Germans. Mm. Okay, well, I'm glad to see we've transitioned off golf onto cycle ball, but I'm going to bring this whole thing around and bring you all back to episode 46 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey, guys, this is the T Bone. And this is Sir Cheerio. The wind is right, you can find the joy. Sercherio in full effect. DJ Rear Admiral Sercherio this weekend at the Harbor Master uh, Criterium. And I have to say, it was a pleasure to share the uh, DJ tent. DJ and tent steak. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Was, I was the fifth steak of the. <laughs> I was the fifth leg of the tent for a great deal of that day. It got pretty windy out there, guys. It got really windy. At one point, uh, I think in the one, two, threes, I was over in the <laughs> northwest corner with Dave Sheehy taking some photos. And we almost got blown over. Uh, yeah. So I can't imagine what it was like to ride your bike in that weather. Um, but a lot of people did. And, you know, just to back it up, I'm exhausted, Townsend. I think we all said we're exhausted. Yeah. Um, I've got, I feel like I raced yesterday. I feel like I raced yesterday because I actually did That's true. race yesterday. Uh, not only did I hold it down on the wheels of steel... And hold down the tent Literally. while on the wheels of steel. Well, you were on only one wheel of steel at a time because your other arm was busy holding the tent down. So you were you that's were doing, right. You were and, just wiki, and actually, wiki my, with one my hand. wheels are not actually steel, uh, but mostly mostly plastic. <laughs> and uh, I was rocking the digital beats, uh, but uh, I can't imagine how awful that would have been with actual vinyl and turntables in those conditions. Uh, my at one point my we need a bigger insurance policy if that at was the one case. point my computer actually got blown off <laughs> the box it was on onto my mixer and bent my crossfader uh, that was that was pretty crazy uh, actually it actually blew off there a couple of times but yeah that was that was nuts out there and it was nuts out there racing in the seven fifteen. Uh, Cat 4-5 race. Was it? Yes. 
I got to tell you the whole thing about the funny thing about getting there at you know waking up at four and getting there at five thirty mm. and then you know hustling around getting the race going and a couple hours into it I mean I don't know a couple of races into it I'm like man I'm hungry and I'm ready for a beer I look at my watch it's nine o'clock in the morning I'm yeah like, okay I've got a lot more work to do yeah we were uh, sending my 11 uh, year old daughter around with a clipboard collecting money from people to buy what I was thinking was going to be lunch. And you're right, same thing. I looked at my watch and I'm thinking, well, it's maybe it's a little early for people to be thinking about pizza right now, but I sure was. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, we had a hell of a day. Um, we had, we kind of fa- Adversity is a little bit of a strong word, a little bit, uh, but there was a lot of hiccups along the way. Um, we had a forecast of rain all week, and, you know, you kind of, in, in southern Louisiana, you expect the weather to change. Uh, it's never going to be quite as predicted. But it really just stayed rainy forecasted on Sunday. And it pretty much dialed down to the exact time of our race. It's from 7 to 2. It was forecasted to be rain. Yeah, I mean, I was loading my car at 5 o'clock in the morning for a 5.30 arrival at the race site. And as I put the final gear into the car and closed the hatch and got in the car to drive out to the venue, it started raining. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, so it rained, but it, it was never, never got terrible. The rain didn't get terrible. And it, 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 there was never any thunder and lightning, which was the thing that I was really worried about. Yes. So I just kept thinking, if they can race the pro crit at Sunny King in 40 degrees and raining, these people, you know, the people in my race can deal with 70 and raining. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I mean, I, I wasn't on a bike, so I can't speak to it. Matt, True. I guess you can. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it was it was doable. There was never a moment yep. the entire day where we thought we're going to have to postpone, cancel, or delay anything. And we just, we, we, were, we kept right on schedule. And, uh, you know, the weather didn't, didn't beat us down. And at the end of the day, it was sunny, blue skies, and mm. warm. So yeah, yeah, that was my biggest worry was uh, if we were going to have lightning, and you know that would have been that would have been the 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 killer for the event. And thankfully, that never happened. It was just raining and uh, pretty damn windy. Yeah, but- once the rain passed, we got the big gusts of wind that came in, and you know blew everything down for a while but uh we all survived um so yeah i mean it's it's great to put on another year of harbormaster criterium it's the fifth year you know we got through it we provided racing opportunities for folks in this community um and we had a good time you had the music you know we 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 bought a bunch of pizzas we had a great beer from urban south um it all worked out and i'm glad we didn't postpone i'm glad we didn't cancel like we just made it happen and was a little bit of different kind of turnout from years past but that's okay put on races people people want some money got some upgrade points uh hopefully had a good time well i'm sorry yeah what what i want to talk about the turnout what really really impressed me was the cat four five race was at 7 15 a.m in pretty awful conditions (laughs) and we had a huge turnout for that race and that really blew me away yeah it's funny you were almost we talked over each other for half a second there matt but i was going to say exactly the same thing my first takeaway from from the race uh and the first shout out that i want to give is to the riders in that cat four five field that showed up at uh you know between 6 30 and 6 45 in the morning for a seven 15 race start it was dark when most of those guys were arriving you know putting the front wheels on their bikes and you know getting their numbers pinned on and all that sort of stuff Uh, the sun rose just a little bit before six and it was as you describe uh, windy wet and uh, kudos to to everybody that lined up for that first race it was great to see it, you know, with some nervous moments leading up to the race, but but when the first race, we were ready to roll, the music was playing, the officials were ready, the course was ready, everybody was registered, everybody had numbers pinned on, and we were ready to roll as scheduled at 7.15, and there was a field of 25-plus riders out there. 
I could breathe a sigh of relief. Yep. Um, and speaking of being out there in the dark, big shout out and thank you to our volunteers who showed yeah. up in the dark, in the rain. Uh, Eric Thomas, Bjorn, Rusty, Will Horvath, um, probably missing a few, but they were there uh, pushing berries around. Trey Dave showed Sheehy up. Sheehy was there. Sheehy. Um, and a lot of those guys worked all day uh, marshaling corners because our police detail didn't show up. Uh, but we survived. And uh, yeah, many thanks to the volunteers. You guys really, uh, really helped the show run pretty smoothly. And we appreciate it so much. And I was talking to Eric Thomas. He was pretty excited about being there all day. And he wants to race next year. And nice. so that's, I mean, that's that's what it's about. So hopefully we'll see him pinning a number on next year. And And that's the other thing I want to bring up is what was great was so many first time racers in that four five race too that's that's where it's all about right it's the it's the guys showing up to do their first race ever and they did it in terrible conditions for their first race so it's always going to be downhill from here right i mean and nobody none of I mean, nobody in that race crashed which oh, was downhill as an easier as opposed yes. to uphill okay yes. yeah 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 uh, no one crashed we had one crash one crash yesterday. yeah in the in the three four race, right? And that yeah. was more of a slip out in the wet and slide across a wet ground for a minute. No no blood drawn in that crash, best oh, I could tell. Yeah, but it was a well, I don't know if it was a crash because it was wet, but it was you know. I understand. Yeah. I mean we we had no, nobody went to hospital, nobody got you know any kind of like serious injuries or anything no that's always a, a worry as a race promoter and whenever yeah. you get through the day and you know we've had one crash you're like okay made it through that part so just to toss in some quick results as we're talking about that four sure. or five race our first race of the day was mm-hmm. won by philip ferris a new guy that we just met guy coming over from uh, pensacola uh, i hadn't met him before i don't think you know uh, super nice guy, registered, got a one-day license, and walked away with the victory in the 4-5 race. So kudos to you, Philip, and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing more of you. We spend some time with the Pensacola guys, so if you're uh, in with any of the Pensacola racing scene, I'm sure we'll be bumping into you more often. Second place was Thomas Hauser. He's got a North Carolina uh, registration on his USAC license. I'm not sure where he uh, is now racing for uh, Southeast Velo Racing. And in third place, I'm not familiar with that team. No, no. Uh, I, I, he, he was a super nice guy. Came up and talked to us, and uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to him much about where he was from. Or, or uh, I think he's also from Florida. Yeah. And uh, in third place was our good friend, uh, and and maybe soon to be teammate, uh, Daniel Swan. Yeah. Uh, who we all. Uh, ride bikes with a good bit around town so kudos to uh daniel i think that race was a bit of a warm-up for him he had set his sights on the uh, 3-4 race later in the day but a uh, good result for him in third place in that race and uh, our next race that was scheduled was the masters 40 plus mm. so where is uh where do I we start with si- this I one guys signed up for that one <laughs> yeah you really should have five because i would have podium yeah you would have podiumed you would have taken us some money yes standing um, standing in stark contrast to all the kudos that we just gave out to the hard men that showed up to do the four five race let's just say that uh that wasn't the case with our uh with the older gentlemen of lambra and our region who all chose apparently all but one chose to uh sleep in on this particular morning right uh, so yeah, I mean, with, without being too cryptic, we had one. Uh, we had probably had close to ten pre-registrations in that master's we had, field. We had six. Oh, six. Okay. Well, mm. uh, and and typically have relied on a lot of uh, day of registration for the masters racers, and and we have historically had very big masters fields you know at the, the Harbor the, Master. The thing about old men is they love watching the Weather Channel. I've, have you noticed that about old men? They like to watch the Weather Channel, and I think that's what's going on there. They're watching the Weather Channel, and they see storms, and it's like, yeah, and I'm not going out today. I noticed you looked extra hard at Townsend there. <laughs> As a fellow old man, I mean, we... I've been known to check the weather, <laughs> uh, but I don't actually watch the Weather Channel. Well, I watched it all week last week. You know, yeah, we had one... We didn't have a lot of masses pre-regged. Um, whatever. Anyway, congratulations yeah. to Ryan Turk of yeah. uh, 4D Racing. For showing up. Showed up. 
what we decided to do was to just roll the uh, Masters race into the uh, the Cat 3-4 men's race. Uh, Ryan was happy to do that. We told him that we would go ahead and give him the first place Masters payout. But yeah. rather than riding his bike for 40 minutes on his own to earn that money, uh, he waited until the men's 3-4 race and decided to race with them. So we had a little bit of a breather let the weather kind of uh, start to collect itself a bit before our women's race. Our women's open race was the actual next race that happened. And yeah. guys, you guys want to give some thoughts on that one? Well, I mean, uh, first let's just, let me just say, and I'll, then I'll toss it to you. We have had one, we had had one champion of the women's race in the four years that we put this race the on. The Valverde of the women's race. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. And that was Stephanie Smith. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Smith did not pre-register this year. We were all wondering uh, if we were going to see her on race day. Um, and uh, I'll just toss it to you guys with that, and you can take it from there with the women's race. Bodie, what what do you think? Um. I think we had a great race uh, instead. This time, in sort of similar Stephanie Smith dominant fashion, we had yeah. our teammate Emily Gass go off the front about, I don't know, 10 minutes into the 40-minute race and go for a 30-minute time trial. And she might have lapped the field twice, I believe. Uh, it was essentially her and three other teammates, uh, our teammates. Again. I think she I think she lapped the chase group once and the last rider twice. I, I, I believe you're right. Okay. I could be wrong. Yeah. There. Yeah. Anyway, it was it was it was sort of four against one, um, and yeah, Emily Emily rode away and put in a good effort and uh, came down to a sprint between uh, our friend uh, Elizabeth Reinhard and Christina Larson, and Elizabeth got Christina at the end um, for second place. For second place, yeah, yeah that was sorry. the pack sprint. Yeah. Um, but it was a good race. They they they, they raced in the rain. Um, I got some pretty good shots of the ladies riding through puddles and. You know, all kinds of cool water spray up in the, you know, up in the air. So can't wait to develop, develop those. So, yeah. Are you have to develop those? Are you going to take those to the lab and, uh, <laughs> and get those developed? I mean, yeah. technically, yeah. I do, really? I do. I do bring them into my program uh-huh. called Lightroom. And there is yeah. a, 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 you, you, there's a library you're gonna drop, where you you're gonna drop look those at, off them, at uh, yeah. Similar to a loop. If you, if you develop negatives and then you would look at your... Uh, your contact sheet, and you would take your little wax pen and select all the ones you want okay. to develop, and then you would go. But, to your, but you don't actually have to physically take those anywhere other than. I gotta to your, physically to your take them out right. of my camera. Just checking. Stick I'm the just card checking, into my laptop. Mm-hmm. Physically, okay. physically drag them. Sounds sounds hard. I, <laughs> that sounds tough. It actually takes a while. <laughs> physically apply all the effects and you know filters yeah. I want to use. Process them. Mm. Okay. Okay. Anyway. So after the women's uh, open race, we had the Cat 3-4 race. Is that correct, Townsend? That is correct. And we want to give a big shout-out to our teammate, Will Big Bois Bouquois, wow. who came away with the win, sort of attacked on the last lap. He actually was in the break by himself for a bit, got, uh, got caught uh, again. Like I said, there was a, a massive headwind on one side of the course and a tailwind on the other. So eventually they brought him back, and he launched about... Uh, two thirds into the lap, um, yeah. Before this sort of chicane section, right? Very really... smart move, I thought. Yeah. That was a really good smart move, and put in a big effort there, right? Well, he did. It, was, it, it was on the part of the course that we couldn't actually see from where we were watching, uh, but he posted his uh, rear GoPro video on YouTube today, so we were able to see, to see exactly where he went. Uh, and and we also got to see his data, ride data, yeah. a, as we watched. And he literally did a you-can't-hold-my-wheel kind of move and just rode away from the pack and just was, I think it was a poured on move. the watts. Yeah, I think it was a beautiful move. I mean, we know that Bo Dennis was hungry for that win as well, defending champion, right? He what? Uh, yeah, Bo Dennis won the Cat Three Four race. Also, the Cat Three Crit Champion. He had his jersey on, which is pretty cool right. to see. And um, uh, and I think I think it was a, a really smart move by by Will. Maybe maybe not thinking that he could out sprint him on the final run in, and uh, really put in a huge effort 
to take that corner and got a big, big gap on them. And there was no way anybody was going to close that down. Yeah, I mean, as Sam LeBlanc said, that you really can't, if you want to win the sprint, you got to be, you got to come around that last chicane turn in first. There's not enough room yeah. to get past someone. I mean, I guess if you're, you know, even if you're, unless match. you're sucking their wheel like directly. Yeah. And so that's how Lance beat him in the one, two, threes. And I think Will got a big gap. And we actually got an email from Bo who let us know because after the race, you know, during the sprint, you saw Bo slam his bars, uh, very similar to what we've seen in the, in the pro races. And I just wasn't sure if he was bummed or then I saw him after the race grab his tire and his uh, front wheel was flat. So it oh. sounded like he did, he felt it being flat on the last lap possibly and uh, decided that attacking hard and, and railing a turn on a flat front wheel just wasn't a good idea in the rain. So he kind of kept it upright mm-hmm. and then sprinted once it got straight. So yeah. Well, he managed to sprint. And uh, and win the sprint that was behind Buqua, yeah, to finish second. So that was uh, Will Buqua finished first. Bo uh, out sprints Adam Stevens, uh, who is from New Orleans. Although I don't know Adam. Do you guys have you guys met him before? Yeah, we've ridden with him before. He's ridden with the club before. Okay. Um, I didn't realize he lived here. Actually, lived here, but uh, he does. And uh, yeah, I knew nice I guy. recognized him. I just don't ever remember yeah. meeting him before. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, kudos to to Bo um, because that's got to be that's got to be a little scary uh, in the in the wet to be sprinting on a front flat. Uh, I wonder if he was running tubeless. I can't imagine he was sprinting a clincher. Or excuse me, I wonder if he was running tubulars. I can't imagine sprinting on a, a clincher tire that was flat. I'm sure it was a tubular. He works yeah. at the bike shop. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, and it was great to see Bo out in the uh, Lambert Champs jersey as well, and we gave him a little shout-out before the race, which I know he appreciated, and he sent you that email, Bodie, uh, or he sent the he sent the podcast an email after the he race. He did. Some good viewer mail. We love it. Uh, so after the 3-4 uh, race, we had the 1-2-3 race this year. We Last year it was the 1-2-3-4. This year it was only the 1-2-3s. A um, little bit of a smaller field as fit the, the bill today, but uh, that race was won by Lance Abshire. Second place, he outsprinted uh, Sam LeBlanc, and then Scott Cuppersmith. I think this is his first year he's ever raced Harbor Master. Yeah, got third, uh, racing with the Velobeat yep. uh, team right now. Yeah, it was great to great to see Scott. I was not expecting to see him. Obviously, he hadn't pre-registered. Yeah, uh, and as you say, he had never been down to the race. He does a bunch of race promotion up in the Jackson Ridgeland area. We've all been to a few of his races, and obviously, we know him from cyclocross. He's multiple time DSGP. Uh, Multiple time and multiple Champion. jersey yeah. winning, yeah, yeah cross racer. Um, so the, so they their race the rain had stopped, um, yeah. But the wind that kind of came the back end of that front really picked up, and the reports I got from everybody in that race was that there was just no shelter. Like I said, there was eight of them at the start. I think uh, Will, who won the three fours, jumped in that race. Oh, he lasted about a lap, I think. And then he lasted three more laps, and, and they had possibly lapped him because the wind was just so brutal, and you're out yeah. there on your own, and you just didn't race. There's no way you could, you know. As Dustin Drew said, whatever speed the front guy did, that's what you were doing in the back too. So there was nowhere to have shelter, conserve energy. John Crane said he you was know, doing whatever like watts. power that the front guy was putting out. You had to put that you power had to match. out too. So yeah, uh, super tough race. Um, but we had you know there was two folks on 4D. You had two folks on Velovit. You had one guy, uh, you know, from for the sport. That was Jaden, and then Lance, uh, not racing for any of the teams there. So some team tactics. Does, some does individual. Lance have a team right now? I don't know. He's not got nothing on his license. He was an all-black kit. I thought I saw mm. he went to some uh, Devo team, but I should have asked him. I, I, there's a lot of things I wanted to talk to people about uh, on and race how day. How old is Lance right now? He is 17. He had to get his gears rolled out after the 1-2-3 race. By so his father. He was still, so he's still on junior gearing, and he won the 1-2-3 race. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Pretty and he intense. took two of the three preems. Yeah, he uh, came down to make some money. Make, make some money, easy money. money. We, so, uh, we wrote Lance a pretty big check at the end of the day. Hey, hey, that's what it's for. Yeah. We, we don't mind doing it. Um, many thanks to Bike Law. Shout out. Sponsor. Yeah, big shout out to Charlie Thomas and Bike Law 
for uh, all the sponsorship. And Sam LeBlanc and Bergeron Auto. That's true. Showed up Came and gave through us, and gave paid us all money. his premiums. Yeah. Uh, so after that race, we had the women's cap 4-5 and junior field um, on the shortened course. In, that, in the women's 4-5, we had a win by our teammate Elise Pajasa. And it wasn't just, you know, she wasn't just racing her teammates. They had three other riders from different teams, two yep. from the same team. So it was a legit race with tactics, uh, teamwork. Um, it was it was it was pretty fun to watch. And then while at the same time, we also had a junior race where uh, one young gentleman who I thought was a a man riding the course, and I was like, get out get out of here, like the course oh, no. is closed. And <laughs> Very tall junior. Yeah. Oh, no, no. This is a junior kid who's, who's lining up. Uh, he kind of ran away with the junior field. Yeah, he was yeah. bigger than me. Yeah. And he, and he also had a much nicer bike than uh, than any of us here too. Yeah. Did he have a nice bike, nicer bike yeah, than Townsend's? Nice. Yeah, pretty nice. I think all my right. bike is pretty nice. Well, your yeah, bike's your pretty nice. Bike's it was nicer nice. than mine. Oh, all right. But yeah, so Elise Bahasa uh, sort of rode with the with the crew for a while, and then you know, almost uh, in a sort of uh, Emily Gas kind of way, just said, "Ah, you know, I think I'm going to go ahead and ride away from these guys now," and then just soloed off the front and. Yeah, I came. think she said she was putting an attack so that her teammates would, you know, that the other team would have to drag her back and then her teammates could counterattack, but no one from Nunchuck Bunnies or the woman from the team Pain Take uh, wanted to mark the move. So I actually missed where Elise went off the front. I think it was inside, so maybe she went off at a really good spot in the wind and everybody was tired, so who knows? Also, yeah, so, and, and I, I don't know this for a fact, but I think I gathered this from sort of uh, looking at some of the comments on the photographs that, that were posted, the podium photographs. I think in the women's open race, um, Elise had spent a lot of time on the front sort of working for her teammate, Christina, to try to set her up, mm. and, um, who, and Christina, who did end up podiuming in that race. And I think that uh, that was their plan, maybe, that Elise was working for Christina in the open race. And in the 4-5 race, she was free to fly and try to get the win for herself. So glad she was able to do that after all the work she put in in the open race. Well, strong showing from the women's team there. Also, shout out to Madison Felker, our junior girl, the one junior girl who uh, raced. We've raced or we've seen Madison a bunch over the years, and yeah. uh, it was great to see her come out to the Harbor Master. I know that her folks had been messaging me asking, what did I think about the weather and were we going to still do the, ra- the race? And I said, yeah, rain or shine, we're going to do it. We'll make sure everybody's safe. And... Uh, she said, Madison's a little worried about riding in the rain. I said, you know, be, be fine. Come on out. And they did. So thanks for coming, guys. And great to see you again, Madison. Yeah. So after the, that race, we had the fixed gear crit. Um, that back, was a great race. Back for its second, uh, second, second iteration. And uh, we had our friend Taylor Mills take the win ahead of our teammate, Jason Cash, with Low Salazar out of teamwork. Teamwork. Uh, out of Lafayette getting third so yeah that was a lot of fun to do that race again um, I think once again dealing with a fixed gear single speed in that headwind had to be brutal I asked Taylor what he was running and mm. uh, oh I've got to pull that up let's see I know that uh, well I know he was running a bigger gear than Jason uh, Jason was, you know, spinning out a little bit more than Taylor was. And I think that ultimately that ended up costing Jason in the sprint because Taylor was geared much geared better for sprint. that. It was a tailwind sprint, really, that, yeah. the way yeah. the winds yeah. were it set was up. A ta- it was a tailwind into the finish there. Yeah, actually, Jason Cash is running a 48-16, which what I used last year, which is way too spinny for a crit. Taylor situation. was on a 50-17, maybe? He was on a 49-15. 49-15. All right. I, I think you guys are missing the whole, the most important thing here. Okay. Yeah. Taylor. Yeah. Ponytail versus beard versus mustache. Ponytail is faster than beard. Beard is faster than mustache. <laughs> that's how it works out. That's that's fixie racing right that's there. That's an interesting... Uh, Okay. Wait, so how does this go? Ponytail is the fastest. Obviously. And then? And then beard. Then beard. Then mustache. Why is the 
Why is the beard faster than the mustache? The beard has an arrow coefficient that the mustache does not have. The beard actually creates uh, some a, a, a negative airspace. Behind. It's, it has almost a Venturi effect. So it's like an aqueduct on, on uh, a car right. intake. So the beard actually sort of... I can draw of... some diagrams or I can have uh, Reed O'Casey uh, send us some. Yeah, Reed O'Casey, why don't you send us some diagrams about... Laurent Fignon proved beyond a shadow of a doubt Podium that the is ponytail is fast. Ponytail is faster, yes. Yeah. Ponytail is fastest. And uh, and then we have our... And also, uh, receding ponytail is is the fastest of all. That depends if you're wearing a helmet or not, though. Well, it doesn't matter. The helmet's, <laughs> helmet's irrelevant. It's actually to do with the hair. The follicles are the most important thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, will, we, will, we will come back to you on this, guys. Uh, so the last race to finish out the day was the Unknown Distance. And, you know, we had some guys uh, who came for earlier races and who didn't, didn't decided not to race because of the rain. But by the time that race came <coughs> around... Jim Booth. Uh, yeah, Jim Booth, uh, Dan Wisner. Uh, mm. They... Uh, they signed up because it was nice and sunny, and they... Uh, yeah, this was the unknown distance crit hashtag people who are afraid of the rain race. Yeah. Although, Jaden did jump in the uh, one, two, three race. No, no, Jaden Jaden had already raced the, He'd yeah, already the one, raced, two, three. Yes. He's, not, he's not afraid of the rain. No. Uh, uh, actually, we had a guy, uh, Will Bradley, who did the Cat 4-5 race, stuck around to do the unknown distance. So quite a long day for him. Kudos to that guy. Yeah. Um, and it they lucked out. It was a 22-minute race. <laughs> I think uh, Jaden was trying his hardest to lap the chase group of two folks as many times as possible. Um, but we rang the bell at minute 22, and uh, he came away with a win. Now, I have a hot take on this. Sure. So... The bell was rung at 22 minutes. Who decided that the race was going to be two, tw- 22 minutes long? We talked about this on last week's podcast, Matt. Where did you Had you fallen asleep for that part of the podcast? <laughs> well, I mean, like, the decision was make, made. Uh, was this, like, a random number was generated? Yes, exactly. That is exactly was it, what it, happened. Was 22, really? yes. 22 was actually the number that was generated. I'm just, I don't know. That seems a little... <laughs> It seems a little iffy to me that it was like... Did you want it to be 50 minutes? I, I'm not saying what my personal choices would have been. I'm just... It's interesting that it was 22 minutes. Could have been 21. Well, the same. we had the same parameters for the race last year, mm. and we ended up with 33 minutes. Yeah. Would what, that, would that have uh, made you feel better? What software did you guys use to generate that number? Bodie, what's the name of it? Random.org. <laughs> Go ahead and like it's. It says it's the most. Ra- I did. I said this last week. It's the most random of random number generators. It uses like gravitational waves from the sun. I don't know. Look it up. Yeah. Give me a range real quick, Matt. You just pick it. Any range. Do do, uh, do our range. Fifty. 20, 20, twenty to fifty. We did twenty to forty was our range. Okay, twenty to forty. Okay, there was there was some confusion there between whether it was twenty to fifty or thirty one is the number that I just got. Okay, thirty one. All right, interesting. All right, uh, but but this and on this particular date, the random number generator gave us twenty-two. That's the way it ought to be. Um, you know, it's unknown until it's known, and then it's only known to the race promoters and the officials. And uh, we kept it a secret, and it worked out great. I think maybe next year. You need a third party. You need the guys no. who no. You need you need the guys who do the Oscar awards to do that number. The guys who screwed it up. Uh, like two. I don't years think ago. there was anything wrong with our <laughs> random. No, I kind of think we should do a missing out. Oh, uh, missing out would be great. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, missing I think out. that that would be a, that would be excellent. A missing out is like every lap somebody gets dropped. Yeah, that's perfect. The last person, the only, the only, the only hard thing about that is notifying the riders who are, because sometimes they don't know it that they're the last person uh, to come across the finish line, and sometimes it's hard to communicate to them. I know, like in the Olympics and the track, they have that light. Then you need thing you need an that, official on the corner at the end after the lap to be able to tell them you're the last rider. If and they don't, you're cut. If they don't, so hear like, it. so like to tell them not to make the turn and just go straight. Yeah, I think I think you'd do it in a way because you know I went to Red Bull's Last Man Standing 
Um, and they had a lot of confusion in that race where people just weren't, weren't leaving the race. Um, they also were doing something where if you got lapped and you were back in the field, then you still weren't the last person. Uh, so anyway, I think it could be fun to do that and maybe we'd try that out next year. Um, anyway, I think we can move on from Harbor Master unless you guys have any other notes you want to add. Uh, I have I have a short note, and I'm going to be very quick. I just want to say it was a great event. It was under adverse conditions this year. It's always been perfect every other year, and this year there was a lot of problems, and yet it went ahead, and it was successful, and it was wonderful because of you guys being great race organizers. That was a great job. Oh, and thanks, I'm, I'm going to well, do a, you. a little golf clap. Thank you. And, I mean, you know, I'm I, – this morning sent a message to Townsend like we have are two months away from our next event. Uh, time to get rolling on that one. I'm pretty excited about the summer series. So we'll get more info on that later. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun. Yeah. Come on race. I, I got to admit, like I was pretty excited when I was a staple in numbers on Saturday night that I was like, all right, I'm going to watch some good racing tomorrow. And then as it goes, when you're trying to do 30 things, um, at once you kind of don't get a wa- get to watch a lot of the racing action right um but very happy to provide a good racing experience for people so we'll keep doing it um matt what are you drinking over there I have a bottle of Mur de Huy Blonde Ale, which uh, my friend Chuck brought back from the Mur de Huy. Was there any races there recently? There was a race there recently. It's called Flèche Wallonne. And our good friend of the podcast, Alejandro Valverde, has won it for the last four years, I believe. But... Spoiler alert, not really a spoiler because the race was on Wednesday last week. <laughs> he didn't win it this year. This year, Alejandro Val Fairway won. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say, no. Val Fairway what? didn't win. It was Julian Alatin Cup. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That doesn't work at all. All right. We'll come back to you on that. <laughs> So once again, quick step, uh, winning a classics race, mm. little Frenchman, and his yeah. little goatee. Um, who do you who got second in that race? Alejandro Valverde. So he out sprinted Valverde. Yeah, he did. Valverde didn't have the legs at the finish. Uh, that climb is ridiculous. Yeah, that re- it really wasn't much of a sprint. He just no, it's it's a slow mo sprint. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, no, that was, uh, God, boy, I tell you, the, we've talked in previous editions of the podcast about how hard it is to pick winners in professional cycling. We've spoken of that when we've all bemoaned our own choices in our uh, fantasy league uh, after having just been shelled by numbers of people who are seem to be much better at picking the winners of bike races than we are this year. But uh, it is tough, and when you looked at the composition of the pack, at the base of that climb, uh, you would not have even been able to remotely pick out the, the top 10 from that group. So, uh, Alaphilippe finishes first, Alejandro Valverde shortly behind him in second, and Yella Vanendert uh, with, a, with a strong yeah. third place showing. A little bit of dust up after that race between him and Tim Wellens. Wellens thought he was the protected rider. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and Yale Vanendert, Jello Vanderbark, um, you know, was feeling super strong. And 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 I don't, I can't back this up, but I feel like this is a race that he also does pretty well at. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else, but uh, I I also feel like you're on a 26 percent incline. It doesn't matter who's protected. Yeah. You're all going full gas up that climb. Yeah, it's who's Whoever's, got the legs. Who's got the freaking legs? I feel like I feel like, I feel like he had attacked earlier. Um, anyway, it was sort of all, you know, grupo compacto within the team later that day that week where, you know, they they're both they they three of them 
we're going to be leaders. Um, and that there was no, there was no animosity at all. That was sort of the, the next day, the, the, the image they put out to the press. So interesting. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't really see that. I mean, it's like it, there's no, there's no team tactics at that point. I don't think once you hit that climb, that climb is Muir means wall. That that climb is a wall. It's only a kilometer long, and it's takes them like ten minutes to get up it. It's really really hard. So it's it is a slow mo sprint of guys who have everything that they can give, and that's it. That's all there is. So. Speaking of the wall, uh, they also this this road, this climb has its name painted on the climb. Yep. And Matt, you're a designer. You're you're kind of a graphic guy, right? I've done that. Yeah. Okay. You've got a little artistic sense, you know, sensibility mm. about you. Appreciate good design. What do you think about the Hui with the all cap H, uh, sans serif, and the mm. two almost cursive lowercase it is cursive. serif? Yes. Is that? Does it look good? It's it's not balanced. I'm just really curious where that came from. I'm not crazy about it, but it's become their iconic thing. Yeah. Uh, Do you think that's a race promoter is doing that? I don't know. I don't know if there's the town or the race promoter or whoever it is. Well, I'm it's not, not sure. it's not accidental. It's been that way now for years, oh, yeah. oh, and yes. we, uh, we, it is we, part we, of their we, branding. So it's, it's all the way. We 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 all the way home. <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> it's three little pigs. Uh, I don't know. I've no idea where it came from. I'm not crazy about it graphically, but uh, there's a lot of things I'm not crazy about graphically either, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is. So let's give a shout-out to the women. There was a women's law, Flesh Wallone. Flesh Wallone, yes. Um, and did I, I'm pretty sure that last week I called Vandenbragen the Peter... Sagan of women's cycling, right? That's what I said. You did say that with not really any kind of justification whatsoever other than she just won something. <laughs> no, actually, I said that about Chantal Black, but you, you know. <laughs> oh, that was Chantal Black. That's yeah. right. Yeah. All right. So, um, well, you know what they right, say now about. You're, now you're moving that from Chantal Black to Van der Breggen. Nope. Still keeping with Chantal Black. Okay. You know um, what they say about uh, La Flesh Wallone? Or what we say about it. They say ABV. Always be Valverdeing. Yeah, that's true. Well, this year that wasn't true, but ABV was still true this year. Indeed it was. Always be Vanderbragging. Yes. That's true. And also, if you were going to pick women's race winners, that's a ABV is is pretty good for almost all the races on the calendar. In second place, we had Ashley Mullman. And in third place, American Megan Guarnier. So kudos to Megan. Uh, top place American on the yeah. on that one, on the race day. One three for uh, Balls Dolmans, the quick step of women's cycling, or perhaps quick, quick step, step is, is the, the Balls Dolman. The Balls Dolmans of men's cycling. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's skip forward a few days to Sunday mm. and LBL, the last one. Why La is it Do- called La Doyenne? Yeah, what is that? I don't understand. La Doyenne, is the old like, woman. Yeah, the, the it's the mother of the mother of all races. It's the oldest classic on the calendar, and it's it, it is the it's the queen of the monuments. It's the oldest race. Um. So we didn't get to watch that race live. Um, but I'm sure everybody knows now. Um, welcome, alert. welcome to the jungle. Townsend plays a little air guitar because he <laughs> likes that segue. Uh, Mr. Bob Jungleman won that solo with uh, an attack where he just sort of rode away yeah. uh, after a climb when everybody was kind of looking around and gassed. And, you know, he pedaled on and got a gap and kept going. Uh, Michael Woods, 
who I actually had on my fantasy team, uh, top place Canadian mm. ever, maybe, second place, strong race for him, with uh, Roman Bardet in third. So we had a grand, uh, grand Tour podium finisher, yeah. also podium at the uh, Monument. So pretty Congratulations great Congratulations to you in having the uh, second place rider <laughs> in that race. Did you I, the- had, I had the first place rider <laughs> in that race. Who else did you have? Uh, I had Ella Philippe, who finished fourth, I believe. He did? Yeah. And uh, spoiler alert, who won the podcast? For that episode? Sorry. For that race? For that race and for the overall? No, let's just go to the race. I'm pretty sure I won Liege Best on Liege. Mm. Out of the podcast? No. Yeah. No. I think I finished second. I got seventh. Yeah. What and I, got, I beat look at Townsend got eighth, no ninth. What did you get? I don't even see you. Second? Oh, okay. Yeah, I got second on that race. And I got uh sixth overall in our league and beat both of you. So all right. I mean, do we wanna do you want any more notes on LBL? Actually I have some notes on LBL before we get to All right, let's do that. The fantasy part of this podcast. Yep. Townsend, any any thoughts uh, on uh, LBL? Uh, I think that uh, I heard Bob Ungles say after the race that his intention was not to strike out on his own to to go solo, uh, but that in fact he was trying to soften things up uh, for an eventual Alaphilippe attack, mm-hmm. and no one came with him, and the gap just got bigger, and it was one of those moves that. Uh, wasn't meant to be and ended up being and he found himself in a race winning position and went with it and obviously racing doesn't always go according to plan but I love it when things like that happen where you have a guy that's actually going off to work for work for someone else admittedly he said after the race he was uh, and uh, it ends up becoming his day he's a great guy deserving he's a national champ resplendent in the red white and blue yeah so but not of the, the uh, Luxembourg champion variety, yeah. Um, you know, and Dan Martin, who has won Lee's Best on Liege, and I, I just took a few notes during watching my replay, really tried to go after Bob. Um, he he was in that sort of second group, and he attacked multiple times, trying to get something going. Um, got a flat uh, at the sort of in, very inopportune time was no team car, had to get uh, neutral service. I'm wondering if, if Dan Martin is a bit cursed at Liege. I mean, he got that win, but remember that panda that was there that chased him yeah. to the finish line? Yeah. Maybe something had to do with that panda, because then, what, two years later, he no, crashed? The next he year he crashed. Was it the next year? It was the next year, I think, he crashed. When he was in that last corner, mm-hmm. yeah. he slipped out. This year, he gets a flat. Dan Martin, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess his form is coming good. Um, maybe um, someone you pick. Maybe. Maybe? I'm not so sure. He was on Ooh. my team. I, I, I don't want to go back to Flesh Wallone, but one of the points I was going to make about that race that was notable was how far back Dan Martin and uh, yeah. Mihal Kwiatkowski finished in that race. Uh, they were seven and nine minutes back, respectively. Don't, don't talk to me about and they were with And they were with the front group with 5K to go. It just The, the Mura just screwed them in... in, uh, in Flesh. But anyway, yeah, so I'm not sure about Dan Martin's form. Obviously, if he'd asked me a week and a half, two weeks ago, I would have said I think he is on good form. But I think the last two races. Well, um, he hasn't. I don't think. I haven't seen him look good until Liege, um, until he got a flat. So I, I'm feeling like he might be yeah, someone. He's, he's to not put really shown any great form at all before. Through that. the Ardennes, yeah, or yeah. any other races. Um, so. Maybe he's someone you put on your Tour Romandy team. Is he doing Tour Romandy? He is not. Okay. Uh, yeah, he is. So he is. that starts in the morning. So we got to pick up Ooh. teams tonight. So uh, then I've got mine. Got so mine. so all right. So just 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 to wrap up, we that's sort of the end of the classic season. Lee's best on Lee's. We are it now is. into close out the classics. Time for the uh, spring tours. Well, can we announce like okay the winners of the Yeah You Ride Spring Classics? <laughs> Absolutely. Wait, wait, hang on. I want, I want to finish up. What? You guys road cycling. Um, 
Well, I think there's also, well, you know, the classics are one-day races. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I realize as I'm saying this that the Hammer Series is not a one-day race, but I was going to petition for the Hammer Series to be entered into the classics calendar. What do you guys think? No. <laughs> no. Townsend? I no, I disagree. No, Although I do, I like Fantasy Hammer Series. Fantasy Hammer. How about that? Yeah, I'm all about that. <laughs> I can't but, wait to hear that mashup. Fantasy Hammer. But okay, MC so, Fantasy Hammer. <laughs> MC, oh God! Matt really wants to talk about fantasy uh, classics. Should we go there? Well, your girlfriend won overall, Bodie, so I think yeah, you, you should definitely want to go there. Wow. I was I was waiting for the opportune moment to talk about how badass my girlfriend has kicked your guys' asses. Let me take us back, because you said we didn't get a chance to watch Liege live. Well, your girlfriend did at the Reg table. She was working Reg at the at the Harbor Master, uh, and I was oh, yeah, kind of kinda going back and thanks. forth. And uh, she had the race dialed up on her phone so i was able to look over her shoulder and catch a little bit of the race live running back and forth from the reg table out to the race on sunday and uh she was glued to it because she had a chance to win and in fact did she beat uh beat jaden kiefer they were in a neck and neck hot hot battle for the top spot and she Overtook Jaden and uh, won on the last day. And uh, yeah, in third place for overall for our fantasy classes was. Wow, the hell am I doing? Wow, the hell am I doing? Wow, Jeremy, so coming strong. Um, what did I say? I said that in terms of the fantasy league, I was in that initial break in Lee's Best on Lee's that you know gets caught at 100K to go, or maybe, maybe at Paris Roubaix. Townsend, you had a pretty good quip about where you finished. uh, Oh, yeah. So I was in the winning move uh, in our Fantasy Classics League, and uh, I had a bad mechanical uh, at one point and fell back to the team car to get tended to and uh, and then shit the bed and couldn't ever catch back onto the group and finished mid-pack. That was my Fantasy Classics race. What about you, Bodie? Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think I even finished with the pack. I mean, you know, technically maybe I did. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, n- nothing to write home about. Um, but I guess someone on the podcast is the winner out of all three of us. That, that would, would be, be me. All right. So, so yes, I, uh, I had a strong surge at the end and uh, came past both of you in Liège. Yeah. You're uh, really coming into your fantasy form. Maybe uh, you'll have a strong showing at Tour de Romandy. Although, Matt, I have to say, out-sprinting me for seventh place, <laughs> I don't know is something that I'd be bragging about if I were you. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. So you have some swag to give to some folks. Uh, so yep. my, I don't know. How much money does my girlfriend win? Like $1,000? Uh, I think it's a $30 uh, gift card to at Urban South. Nice. And then second place gets a $20 gift card at Urban South. And third place gets a $10 gift card. And we also have uh, prizes for all the winners of the preems of the monuments. So Jeremy's going to be getting a preem and all the other uh, preem winners. Again. Jeremy won uh, Lee's Best on Liege. Yep. Uh, Roubaix was won by Chris Teske. Chris Teske, yep. Uh, Tour of Flanders was won by... Ding, ding. That was me, my one shining moment. I don't. Great. I don't think I had a victory all season. I'll get um, something out of it. Nope. And Milan San Remo was won by... Uh, I don't know who this is. Monsor Suri? Oh, that's George. <laughs> that's George. George so uh, we have some bike law swag going out to those guys. Uh, thanks to Bike Law, Charlie Thomas, for supporting this. That will be going uh, whipping its way out to you guys very soon. 
Well, guys, can I segue just for a moment? Yeah. Uh, this is a little bit of an afterthought, but the segue is it was actually kind of a little bit of an afterthought for the ASO as well. There was a Liege-Bastogne-Liege women's race. <laughs> um, yeah, funny you should say that. Uh, and it was Did you won guys this, see it? Uh, I, I saw a really well-done six-minute highlight reel that mm. uh, Wiggle Honda put together because, of course, they had nice a big team in it. But the uh, the ASO, the race promoters, didn't seem to give it that much love, did they? Uh, no, they did not. And apparently, uh, ASO does not give a goddamn about women's racing. Does ASO stand for asshole? Uh, I believe it does. It's... How does how does ASO stand for asshole? ASO. I yeah, it's like it's an abbreviation of asshole. I I don't get it. They they put on this race and they have a women's race. It's a women's Liège Bastogne Liège. They do not show it on TV. They have all the cameras out there. They have all this, they showed the last two hundred meters of the women's race. They didn't even tell the commentators that they were going to like push it into the feed. And so it's like, suddenly there it is. Hey, here's the last 200 meters of the women's race. That's preposterous to me. That's ridiculous. That's, that's offensive. So to, to, to the work and to the talent of those women, Anna van der Breggen should be absolutely furious about that. So Liège Best on Liège, as we said, is the oldest of the monuments. They've been yeah. running it since 1892. Do you know when the first time they did the women's Liège Best on Liège was? I do because I'm looking at the name last year. Last mm. year. Womp, womp. So, but to segue back or to bring it back, this race was also a race where you wanted to be ABV. Yeah. Not only did Vanderbragen win... But yeah. Van Vluten got third, and Shit. Amanda Spratt is having a good season. Came in second. Yeah, uh, highest American would be Megan Guarnier again in eighth. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm gonna try and find some sort of replay video and watch that finish. There, there's a great, great. Uh, like I say, Wickle High Five uh, did it. Did a good one. Uh, and yeah, congratulations to Anna Van Der Bregen. She won Liège. Uh, she won Flesh in midweek. She's uh, on fire. On and she's fire. leading the Women's World Tour by a, a good margin now. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of winning and speaking of value, mm. um, I had a thought today as I was thinking, I was listening to another cycling podcast and they were talking about Peter Sagan's salary and how big it was. and that how, it was, how big is it? I actually don't know. I want to say it's $20 million. That high? I don't know. I have no idea. I actually. can't. I just no, I doubt, I doubt it's that high. Last, I mean, I remember. Why don't last, you do some half-ass inter- internet research over there? Well, last big <laughs> salary I heard of, Froome was probably like four to five million. Oh wow! Okay, so um, I don't think Sagan could be much more than that. Anyway, um, American. Like, so it's not. It's nothing compared to American sports. No, but so the the point, the thought that I had, I was thinking was, you know, sure. Peter Sagan's salary is a third of EF Draypack Education First total budget, but how many wins does he have with that salary versus a third of their team's wins? So then I got to start thinking, mm. but who has the most wins per dollar? <sighs> wins per well, dollar. Wait, wait. That one's easy. Anna Vanderbragen. Probably. Because women probably don't make nearly as much as men. Oh, they can't no. make nearly as we much as men in cycling. Cycling is is, 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 doesn't reward uh, women as much as it rewards men, and she's crushing it. So I'm going to say Anna Vanderbregen. I would go with that. So you could, I mean, you could, you could break it down into contract. You could break it down into year. Uh, but wins per dollar would be an interesting uh, number to pull up. Any of our. Uh, but yay- for the men, you know, I don't know. I mean, this season. Um, I would Nikki say Terpstra, maybe? No, Valverde. Always Valverde. Well, oh, for all of his, his two grand tour, his uh, no, Valverde, week-long tour Valverde wins. is so consistent and has so many wins. But let's just look Valverde at... Valverde is bank. But how much does Valverde make versus Terpstra? I feel like Terpstra might make a little less than Valverde. I think that Terpstra's on a team that has a smaller budget. But, but Valverde is usually like UCI Rider of the Year every year. Well, I'm talking about wins per dollar. 
How many wins has Terpster had this year? Two. Mm. Three. <laughs> Three. Okay. Three. All right, Valverde has like nine. All right, so. Valverde Valver- Valver- just wins everything. <laughs> yes. Valverde so, always wins. So any of our podcast fans want to maybe crunch some numbers and get back to us with the highest wins per dollar, hmm. that's a figure we'd like to see. Uh, so Townsend, in your half-ass internet research corner, have you found out how much Peter Sagan makes? I have. Peter Sagan is rumored to be making somewhere in the neighborhood of 6 million euro per year. That's a lot of gummy bear. You know, I think probably in the least value per dollar, it has to be Chris Froome. Uh, Chris Froome is rumored to be making less than uh, Peter Sagan at somewhere really? around 4 million euros per year. Yeah. But, but he, a, has, he has won several tours to France. And won alleged uh, Vuelta de España. And he has to uh, buy a lot of ad- asthma medication. He does. Yeah. That yeah. Gotta, so you got to figure that into it, too. And also, I think it would, he has to buy a lot of watches for his teammate, while Peter Sagan really doesn't spend any money on his teammates because mm. they're never there, right? Oh, oh. interesting. Well, now they are. Now they are. Oss is there Oss on is the there. base. Burkhart? Driving the rhythm. Well, I forgot where we said it was. on drums, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. Speaking of being on a drum roll, who? I think this is a very important topic to talk about. Uh, we, we just put on a race. We, uh, we wrapped our fantasy classic season. Mm. It's all about competition. Who won the podcast this week? I think this is a tough one. It is a tough one. And, and let me tell you guys, I mean, I'm just all kidding aside. It's tough this week because we all just did so well with the various things we did. <laughs> well, Matt, you, is it tough? You, you were a one-handed DJ. Uh, Pretty good. Yeah. All day long uh-huh. in, in adverse conditions. Right. You also raced your bike that day. I also raced my bike that day. Uh, Bodie, you and I put on a race. We put on a race. Successfully. Uh, brought the fun and the experience to the uh, local racing scene. I mean, we were on the club ride to, uh, this weekend. Too. Oh yeah, I mean, I was I, I hadn't even gotten there, but let me get to that. I mean, Bodie. So I, I got to give you credit because you tried to help me win the sprint to Reds. Never won, never yeah. won the sprint to Reds. Uh, but I was uh, strong up in the front group, and you said, you know, uh, I, I was joking around with, with, with you guys and said that we bossed the club ride, and then you reminded me that we bossed the club ride because everybody else was racing the next day, <laughs> and you were I, you and I were just putting okay. on the race, okay, so, so we who, didn't have to save our legs. did win the sprint to Reds? Aaron. Aaron came around me at the last Aaron, minute. Aaron won the sprint to Reds. Wow. <laughs> and, so, and I said okay. to Bodie... No, you won the sprint to uh, Irish, Bayou. Irish Bayou. I did. I, run, yeah. I won the you Irish Bayou You thought you were leading me out, and I just let you go. Yeah, right. you did. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, kudos to you and points to you, Bodie, for trying to give me the win. But i got to take a few of those points back because no one should ever work for me in the sprint. That was a dumb idea. Yeah, I learned that lesson. <laughs> yeah. Live and learn. Live yeah. and learn. Um, but I guess and then right. we had the Fantasy Classics. Matt did beat us. So uh, probably... Yeah. Came from came from behind to beat us. That's right. I came from behind. I think Matt also won the beer drinking contest tonight. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Bodie? How many of those wheezes did you have before you showed up tonight? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, so maybe the listeners can decide who won the podcast this week. Uh, let us know. Uh, you know, you can always send us an email at yeahyouride at gmail.com. You can also comment on our Facebook page, send us a Facebook message. Uh, Townsend, do you want to add another Well, the I was going to say, I mean, it's a bit of a segue. Uh, you asking for emails. We did get a nice email. We've referred to it already in the podcast from our good friend Bo Dennis. And I think if you right. asked Bo... He would say we all three shared in the spoils of uh, victory this week because his email was equally complimentary to True. all of us. True, it was. So maybe, maybe, it, maybe it's a tie, three-way tie. No, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Matt won. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, well, I think we should wrap up this show and uh, call it a night. Anyone want to start the sign-offs? I'll start it off. This is uh, T-Bone signing off saying, follow me at SemitoughCC on the Twitters. I'm trying to get my little Twitter fingers going. Okay, all uh, right. Taking, yeah, a little cue, taking a little cue from uh, Donald J. Trump. 
doing some uh, doing some late night and early morning tweeting about the things that are on my mind these days. About the only and uh, need take. a few uh, need a few more followers. And uh, okay. so follow me at, at semi-tough-cc. Follow me on at m a t t k y t e on Twitter, and you'll see some of my responses to the emoji bike names. Ooh, yeah, emoji cyclist names. Uh, get involved with that. Uh, Townsend and myself have been getting deep into that. You and, guys have, uh, and Bodie's done a few too. So uh, let's keep those going. All right. All right. Well, for sharing social media handles, you guys can get a hold of me on Twitter at land softly you can also you know write to the podcast at yeah you ride at gmail.com you can send you can find us on facebook at yeah you ride um you know we haven't given a shout out to vic net our french dj friend right he's our friend who provides the the podcast intro and outro music also much thanks to uh Many thanks to Taylor Finney, who provides such good content. Also, friend of the podcast, who sent us in little audio bites of his uh, journey um, in Europe. And uh, yeah, this is this is. I'll sign off saying this is the Bodie Bodie. Um, I will see you tomorrow at Loops, and I will see you at the Summer Crit Series. This cyclist from the emojis that I'm going to give you here. In order, they are a boat, the sun, a pig, and a gun. Jiraj Sagan. <laughs> boat, sun. A pig, also known as. Boat, sun. Boat, sun. Hog. Oh. Boat, sun. Hog gun. Boom. You got it.